Welcome to Myanmar in a Potshell, the podcast that puts current developments in Myanmar into context. My name is Rodion Ebbinghausen, and today's topic is journalism in a polarized environment, Myanmar media and the coup. I would like to discuss the topic with Werner Eggert, uh, who is founding director of Interlink Academy and also works as a media consultant and journalism trainer for various institutions in Germany and abroad. Werner has been active in international media development for more than 20 years. From 2014 to 2019, he worked as a media trainer and consultant in Yangon. Macho Thu is a freelance journalist, blogger and podcaster. He started his career in 2010 and won AFP's Kate Webb Prize in 2017 for frontline reporting on war and conflicts. He fled Myanmar after the military regime issued an arrest warrant for him on April 5th. Um, among other things, he exposed instances of targeted disinformation by the military when it seized control of the country on February 1st. He is currently seeking asylum in Madrid, Spain. So thank you for joining us today. And let's start with the discussion. Zero tolerance for press freedom. The darkest days are coming. Apocalypse for the media. These are headlines I found while researching our topic today. And I would like to ask you, what headline would you choose to describe the current situation of the media in Myanmar? So it's a, it's a collapsed. So this is the headline. If someone asks me, yeah. Okay, collapse of the media would be your headline. And Werner, if you would have to give a headline? Uh, I would say back to 2010. Back to 2010. Okay, thank you. So um, I would like to start with you, Werner, with my next question. So you have been working for several years um, and supporting the media sector in, in Myanmar. And can you give us a short overview where journalism in Myanmar came from before the opening in 2010-11? And what changes, controversies, and challenges it faced during the opening uh, phase, which ended with the coup on February 1st? Okay. Well, that, that, that's a question we could talk about for, we will talk about probably for the next hour. Um, basically, I would say before 2010, 11, 12, there was no journalism in Myanmar. There was state media, which uh, in, in, a, in a country with a political system like in Myanmar before 2000, uh, let's say 10, um, that, uh, that, that's not what I would call journalism. There were some private media um, who were trying um, to, to sort of find niches, uh, find topics for reporting, uh, which would not necessarily offend the, uh, uh, the military. Um, but uh, this, I think, was, was precious uh, because the audience knows, the readers know how to or learn how to read between the lines. I mean, uh, we know here in Germany, we know this from, from uh, recently GDR uh, or even before, um, sort of how, how these kind of niche media sort of uh, manage to transport messages and, and information. Um, so th that was within the country. Then there were media in exile, uh, the ones which still exist, and, and like uh, Mizima, uh, Democratic Voice for, for Burma, Irrawaddy, um, who did maybe journalism from, from abroad, um, but 
probably partly it was journalism, uh, which means unbiased news reporting, balanced news reporting, but it was also propaganda um, with, with, a, with a clear political agenda, which is quite normal in, in circumstances like that. So after then, uh, after, after 2010, 11, um, as, as far as I could study, because at the time sort of Myanmar was not really on my, on, on my agenda, um, um, media became uh, freer within the country. Uh, existing privately owned media in Myanmar um, uh, explored the new freedoms uh, step by step. Um, and uh, the media who were in exile, uh, they came back. Um, and and in, in, in those early years of, of uh, after the change, and set up media houses in Myanmar. And then the media sector in the, in the first years was really flourishing. Um, there was still support uh, financially for the media in exile uh, from, from abroad, I suppose. Um, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I cannot prove this, but uh, it, it, uh, I think this is very likely. Uh, and there, were, there was advertising and, and people bought privately published uh, newspapers. Uh, so there was a more broad media landscape, and then in, uh, in 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 the years maybe after 2014, 15, 16, um, um, the audience shrank. Uh, there were difficulties with with revenues from advertising, uh, not so much for political reasons, but because advertising went to uh, went to social media, to Facebook in particular, um, as did the audience. Um, so media had a had a tough time um, before, even before the coup. Um, um, there were, were sort of, there was also political pressure. Um, in I mean we all remember the case of Ballon and and his colleague, the, the two Reuters reporters in 2017, 18, I think, yeah, who were sort of prosecuted and, and or charged with, with kind of high high treason and then put into prison only to be um, released, I think, a year or a year and a half later. Um, and that was a completely mocked uh, case. Uh, there was no substance to, to the charges. Um, so there was also that. But still, I would say the, the media were relatively free uh, at the time, but a lot of pressure, political pressure, but probably more important economic pressure. Uh, and all that changed with the coup uh, in February on February 1st uh, last year, sort of when within weeks uh, all private media came uh, came to a, to a stop, were stopped from, from publishing. Um, and that was, I think, what, what was very interesting is uh, we could see the, the, the pattern of of 10 years ago. So the media who had been in exile before, uh, they straight went back into exile. Um, um, and uh, the media the, the, who operated within the country before 2010-11, um, they stopped publishing. Uh, they, they, they didn't know what to do. They didn't want to lose their license and they didn't really know where the borderline was and, and uh, what the niche could be for, for private media. So this in, in brief. Okay. And thank you. Thank you. How, how was it for you, uh, Matt, to start a journalistic career in 2010? So what was your first experience and what did you learn? Um, 
I think uh, it's really different uh, right now because you know, uh, in 2010 we learned how to write about the trade news and the the the, the workers knew uh, not uh, so much about political uh, news and like business news. So it's all about you know how onions prices and uh, garlic prices uh, uh, rise up, and then the, uh, something like uh, uh, you know fire broke out. Um, in some area of the country, um, and uh, in some cases, uh, uh, like very hu- like human interest stories. Uh, but after two thousand ten, um, like uh, in two thousand eleven, like uh, a lot of exchange media came in, uh, uh, came back uh, from Chennai and Delhi, like that. So um, uh, some private media's had to uh, 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 had to like rival. Uh, of those exchange media, so you know, and uh, after two thousand eleven, it's like a, 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 a battlefield for every uh, um, uh, media organizations, and then um, uh, we earned a lot of contribution feeds, and it's it's like a, a golden era uh, for the Myanmar journalism industry actually. So between two thousand twelve to two thousand fifteen. Uh, so it's it is a uh, it was a good era uh, for the uh, industry uh, because you know when we um, write something um, at night and then you know the, the news stories on the uh, front uh, front page uh, will come up t- next morning and then um, the uh, government will take uh, will take action to, to that issue like land grabbing issues and. Um, uh, like mostly land grabbing issues uh, uh, on uh, on that days, uh, and then the actions from the governments uh, would, uh, 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 you know, it's it's really uh, uh, immediately they take the actions um, of the what journals uh, uh, and newspaper uh, uh, wrote on that days. But uh, uh, this is a uh, you know I always uh, say that th- this is a very good time for the journalism industry, but after. 2015, it's like, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the polarized uh, situation has started in the uh, industry uh, because, you know, m- many uh, private media, they, they put the Aung San Suu Kyi pictures on the front cover in to the, around 2014 and 15 because, you know, if you if you don't put uh, 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 Aung San Suu Kyi pictures on the front page, you know, your paper won't sell on the bundle of but you know, after two thousand fifteen elections, um, you know, uh, if your papers or the, your uh, articles uh, criticize on uh, NLD or Aung San Suu Kyi, uh, or if you're uh, writing in a favor of uh, uh, USDB or some some other um, uh, pro-military uh, parties, you know, you will be uh, you'll be uh, uh, labeled as a you know, pro-military uh, papers. Uh, so it's like uh, you, you, uh, we were working on a margin, and uh, not on the journalism, like uh, on a political uh, agenda. Uh, so it's really easy uh, to be labeled uh, as a pro or anti. Uh, you know, nobody cared about the uh, journalism or you know, or impartiality or whatever it is. Nobody cared about that. Uh, so it started in 2015. <clears throat> 
but in the in 2016 and 2017 it's it's all about rohingya and muslim cases all over the country so uh, so someone uh, um were uh, uh write about the uh, uh rohingya but not rohingya it's you know most of the paper local uh, private newspaper call it uh, bengali and uh, uh someone say you know uh, oh, oh this is a, a, a pro nation interest uh newspaper but some other newspaper will say rohingya and then they will attack that paper so you know uh uh year by years it's like a, a case by case you know the media uh, actually uh, uh feeds a lot of uh, challenge uh from the uh audience and then it's it's a a, a kind of uh, uh you know un, unpredictable uh and then it's a quite uh strange for the audience and the strange for the uh the industry too uh but you know after after the coup itself it's all about uh uh, uh the uh, size again you know because you know if if you have to choose the side uh between the pro or uh, uh, anti again. So right now it's it's a it's a situation right now. I think I would like to pick up the last point um, you mentioned, like saying that there is you have to be pro or against. And uh, a journalist and a friend of mine uh, who's still in Yangon um, says so nowadays it's not longer not uh, anymore possible to do your job as a reporter. You either support the SAC's views of things and get under pressure by the supporters of the national unity government, or you support the national unity government's point of view and the SAC is going to jail you. So um, if this statement is correct, um, and if you agree with that statement, what, what do you think does it mean for people inside the country? For me, not being in Myanmar, I mean, it's difficult to answer or, or, to, or to, to, to assess what, what the people actually, how, how they get information and, uh, and how reliable that, that is. I mean, when we speak about the broad, uh, the broader public, uh, of course, it's very difficult to get reliable information. Um, for me, it's, uh, another difficulty in judging it is sort of, I, I don't speak Myanmar. Um, but what I, I mean, luckily, Google Translate uh, has improved a lot, even when it comes to the Burmese language. So uh, when I follow uh, um, what, what, what is published um, in, on, on social media in, in uh, Myanmar language, I mean, it's, it's perfectly right what uh, Murat uh, said. It's, it's, everything is very, very polarized. And um, if, if you don't have any other sources of information than, than, than what, what, what the media produces, um, probably <laughs> you, you have to, to listen to both sides and then make up your own mind, which then probably the truth is somewhere in, in, in the middle. I don't know. Uh, but this is, this is very difficult. It's, uh, what, um, when, when it comes to the media in, uh, which are in exile now, uh, what I can say is they, they all have, of course, Myanmar language, uh, services. I mean, that's, that's their, their, their basic news feed. Uh, but they also do English. Um, what I observe from time to time and here again, uh, more often from, from my colleagues uh, in my Myanmar colleagues is that there is a big difference. Yeah? So the English service is more balanced, they are more neutral, the topics are sometimes different than that what is published in, in Myanmar language. 
which seems to be much more uh, sort of uh, being driven by a political agenda. And, and uh, um, so whether this is then in the end reliable information, I'm, I'm not sure. What comes out of the country, I'm not aware of, of any information which is published in the country under the must-have of, of, uh, of, of, of a media house uh, that is independent. As far as I know, there is only um, controlled uh, the, the media, yeah? so state, uh, state media. Um, so this is, of course, propaganda uh, as well. So very difficult, uh, I would say. Um, Matt, can you can you confirm, as you can read both languages, would you say that the English um, services of those exile media are different to that from the Burmese uh, language services? And uh, what do you think does this mean for uh, consumers, media consumers in the country? I think, uh, you know, actually I've been organizing some um, uh, discussions on the clubhouse and then some other uh, 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 platforms uh, like Facebook and, and other uh, uh, Zoom meeting. Actually, it it's all about the propaganda, um, all the uh, the true or professional um, uh, uh, media like that. Because you know, uh, right now you can check uh, uh, every Burmese uh, um, language media that they reported uh, on short news or hard news or whatever we can say it's all only uh, um, they they they've written only three paragraphs most of the you know hard news and short news we mostly and like in a standard uh, uh, writing we normally use like at least six paragraphs or seven paragraphs for the very short news but right now no because you know they just put maybe sometimes most of the time two or three paragraphs that's who where what how some sometimes you know they didn't even put uh, uh names or uh sources or, or whatever they just put the uh uh, uh very basic facts uh from the pdf groups or the from the uh uh nug uh presser uh, like like that but you know uh they always make the headlines bigger and sexy and like Kitchy. So people like it. People love it. Uh, like most of the news are the how the PDF groups killed uh, uh, um, uh, the SAC soldiers and then like 20 or 30 soldiers were killed uh, and the battlefield like that. So people share it a lot. Like before uh, before the coup, like if you, uh, uh, if you uh, uh, check the n news uh, uh, Facebook pages, like mostly their posts Uh, 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 it, it, uh, uh, you know whether it's about me online or on San Suji, uh, you can you can see the share amount is, you know, most of the time at 1 k, 1000 or sometimes two two k, uh, uh, it most like 5 k. This is the biggest uh, share news. But right now, if something is, uh, uh something's about um, the SAC soldiers and about uh, rumors about me online, uh, that news will be shared. Uh, 20k, like uh, uh, you know, 20,000, sometimes 30,000, even sometimes 11k, like that, because you know, people love that, people like that. So, a lot of mainstream medias follow that trend. Uh, they don't care about the fact check, they don't care about the uh, uh, impartiality, they, 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 don't, they don't really care about the standard writing methods, uh, uh, honestly. Uh, so, they just follow the uh, uh, But you know they they are they are becoming more like a 
populist. They're becoming more like a, a yellow journalism, like a Daily Mail. Uh, uh, you know, they just do a lot of uh, long uh, 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 headlines because you know they don't want to be uh, uh, attacked by the uh, 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 pro uh, NUG supporters. Because you know, if you uh, be, because you know, we have to make headlines short and uh, like like. Uh, seems like a professional headlines and then that kind of headline will make confused uh, to the pro energy uh, and uh, 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 supporters because you know pro energy supporters they don't uh, 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 like the uh, uh, very professional and journalistic headlines and writings nowadays uh, so if someone because you know uh, like let me give me an uh, let me give you an example of uh, one headline that uh, Cortez Azam from Mandalay. He he's a uh, uh, right now he's a well known and one of the uh, revolutionary leaders uh, in in in, in So uh, the uh, uh, five months ago, uh, no, uh, six months ago, I think, if I'm not mistaken, um, the SAC uh, issued a warrant uh, and then gave a prize if someone catch him. Uh, uh, someone could catch him. They caught his assam. So uh, two or three uh, media's uh, uh, the uh, wrote that uh, statement of the SAC uh, uh, related with Cortez Azam. Uh, that said, you know, uh, SAC um, stated uh, uh, wanted uh, lids of Cortez Azam, uh, and then actually the price of that uh, 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 lids actually what uh, 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 as the price of Cortez Azam. Uh, the, the underwear, the price of the underwear of Kodizasan, like that. So uh, they compare the price uh, of the underwear and the price of the Kodizasan um, um, by the SAC. So that news shares uh, uh, have been shared a lot. I mean, 100 Ks. And then they, uh, most of the clickbait news copy that uh, uh, pieces and then they shared it a lot. So, you know, and then the uh, normal uh, audience. Uh, when, when I'm uh, saying normal, is uh, not an uneducated people. Like mostly, uh, the Myanmar social media is uh, uh, you know crowded with it, uneducated and uh, uh, fake accounts uh, and uh, um, uh, you know disinformation accounts. A lot of uh, 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 bots, actually. But uh, related with this news. Uh, th- this kind of news, like uh, pro energy, or you know, uh, 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 mocking uh, uh, the uh, SAC news, are shared by uh, true profile and like um, uh, mostly educated people. They shared it a lot, and then they just said, "Oh, headlines is really sexy. Re- headline is really good." You know, oh, uh, the SAC members will be uh, 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 shocked by the news. This kind of reaction so we've got, and uh, so if some um, uh, media trainer or like a veteran journalist, if they talked about the journal- journalism and the proper writing and not a standard uh, writing method, just to uh, 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 change the um, uh, usage of me online, like r- right now, most many. Um, uh, and news uh, news organizations they use ma'ala for me online, but actually it's, it's it has another meaning too. So, so uh, uh, sorry, sorry for my French. It's like motherfucker. 
uh, uh, but uh, you know many uh, the veteran journalists say that don't you know please you, we shouldn't use that kind of usage in the newspaper because it's really uh, degradatory or something like that. It's really rude for the standard writing, the standard method. But many mainstream media use that a lot. Use that a lot because you know people people like it. Do, would you say that you say there is all this clickbait, lots of rumors, and this? Uh, but do you think there is a is an exception? Are there other or some media outlets who stick to good journalistic standards and to keep it up? Yes. So I would say number one is Myanmar now. So the second one is ARD, um, and the third one I would say RFA, Burmese Radio Free Asia, Burmese. Um, because you know we can always compare the writing style uh, of uh, the uh, media. If you are a journalist for one or two years, you know you can you you know that you know which media uh, writes what kind of type uh, 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 you know what kind of reporting they are doing. So because you know um, at first like media uh, mainstream media,s including like um, Democratic Vice Obama uh, and Mizima, they just put one paragraph on their Facebook of 2 million followers or 3 million followers. They just put just one paragraph of news and then they said breaking news. But, you know, we have to always follow up the breaking news with a more developed story or more or explain uh, st stories with many sources. Like it's it's a normal procedure uh, uh, for, the, for the news organizations. But they always put one paragraph, and then people shared it a lot. Like a, uh, a, a day ago, like um, um, th three media reported that the former uh, uh, spokesperson of Uthain Singh was arrested. He has been arrested uh, uh, at, at night. Uh, and then, you know, I noticed that, okay, something, something is really wrong. Because, you know, that former uh, spokesperson of the Uthain Singh, he, uh, he's always written active on the social media and that he talked a lot he wrote a lot and he even against the uh, uh he showed some uh, uh um uh, uh he, he wrote some articles against uh the military like he, he seems like that uh so many people assume that okay the, the this guy wrote against the military and then he was arrested but in the morning he wrote that okay uh last night i was walking with my dog Oh, and then I was not arrested. But, you know, people just don't care because they just read the news that that guy was arrested and they're happy about that. So many people were pointing that even the, 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 there's a saying uh, that's separate on social media that even if it's n not true about the, uh, the, the, the bone cancer of uh, uh, me online or whatever it is, even if it is if not true, we are happy to hear that. But maybe maybe we can uh, turn a bit a bit to the to the recipient, like to the readers. So um, you have been for five years in in Myanmar, uh, Werner, and you have worked with journalists. And what can you say about like media literacy? Did you have any experience how people receive or consume media, especially as they have not had a lot of experience with free media before 2010, because they're were none simply. So, what can you do? You have any experience related to that? I mean, what we, I think this is a very important point you have raised: media media literacy. Um, I I, th I think it's not so much uh, the question in regard to traditional mainstream media, or that what is produced by media houses. 
it, it, it's, 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 it's more relevant when it comes to social media, especially Facebook. Yeah? So very little understanding about uh, how to, to differentiate between news which might be fake news, uh, let alone knowing techniques, how to debunk fake news. All this is basically non-existent. But, but this is not, not special to Myanmar. We, we face this challenge more or less all over the world right, uh, right now. Uh, and, and, uh, before the coup, actually, there were efforts underway to, to, to improve this, uh, because, um, people who, who supported media development, the players in the country, even the government to a certain extent, I would say, had realized that this is a big challenge. Uh, but all that has come to a standstill, and it's uh, in, in a situation like like this, where there's basically you have a, you have a civil war in in, in Myanmar, um, depending on, on on the definition. Uh, but it, it it would be extremely useful to uh, if, if the the population at large uh, were a little bit more media literate, but uh, they, they they are not, yeah? uh, and um, um, so. This, this is a situation, and that's why uh, the, the populist news, as Murat has described, is, is flourishing, and, and uh, people like it. And even if they think, if they have doubts about whether it's really true, what is reported, uh, they, they still share it, and, 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 and you know how it works. I mean, the, the more fake news are repeated, yeah, the, the more people will believe it in the end, or at least the, a little bit will stick. Uh, so media literacy is a is a big problem. But uh, again, I would say this is not specific to to Myanmar. We have this in in, in many many countries. So maybe uh, Matt, you can give us a bit more uh, idea about like who is consuming which media in Myanmar. For like, I would like to give an example. Like, if you look to Russia at the moment, there is a clear generational gap. Like uh, older people watch the state TV and believe the narrative of the Kremlin. And some younger people use other sources and are more critical of the invasion in Ukraine. And do you see some parallels in Myanmar or is it totally different? So what can you tell us about like who is consuming what media and therefore who is having like what kind of worldview uh, related to this or related to the polarized situation in the country? We cannot say um precisely like which audience uh, consume which media right now because one media is really uh, uh, um, like uh, they are really uh, uh, pro famous right now like I, I, I would say famous uh, because um, you know if that media uh, writes something and the SAC um, will be angry with that because you know they use uh, that kind of ma'ala uh, the uh, thing a lot. Um, and then uh, uh, they've received a lot of uh, uh, tips uh, and news uh, from the um, uh, 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 military inside. Uh, and then some, uh, the, we call it piedi, so watermelon. Uh, that, that means, uh, you know, uh, red inside and uh, uh, green outside. So they are like informants of the uh, military and uh, police. So they, they, they give a lot of uh, uh, inside news to the uh, media. So if the Kedda media uh, writes uh, something about bully forces or something about uh, the uh, uh, military units or uh, how, how the uh, military so soldiers' wives are dis desperate, uh, desperate about their frustrated, about their incomes and the military, this kind of news, but never, uh, uh, we cannot 
check that kind of news actually, because you know this news are that you came from the military inside sources, and then uh, uh, will be uh, will will be a you know kind of a news that could uh, outrage the military. So people like it, uh, uh, but uh, it's not a reliable uh, fact check. Or, or 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 kind of a professional news, but people uh, allow it. People like it. People share it. Um, uh, but the 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 problem is, like um, when we are discussing about the sources and then check fact check news. So most of the uh, reporters who are still in the country complain that okay, we cannot check the sources. We cannot. Uh, um, uh, Always fact check because you know it's really limited uh, uh, to get the news. You know to interview the people on the streets uh, and to even to it's not uh, uh, secure. Uh, it's not safe to call someone on the phone uh, because you know um, uh, every telecom companies were uh, uh, controlled by the military. But so uh, there's another uh, solution. I always suggest that if we cannot. Uh, check like hundred percent or eighty percent. I would say uh, we we don't uh, have to write the news, like because you know, like sixty uh, percent. Uh, I would say sixty percent of the uh, uh, news uh, nowadays on the mainstream media's are not really necessary for the audience, uh, uh, because you know they 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 are not the fat. They always uh, uh, rumors, and then they they make the rumors that. Uh, uh, they 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 put the uh, that rumors headlines uh, make the make that rumors headline. Uh, so like uh, it's like a bone cancer of me online. Like many many uh, mainstream media's put that headlines. Uh, like okay, me online is suffer suffering from bone cancer, and then people don't read even the lead. They just uh, share it and okay, me online is suffering uh, bone cancer. Uh, but the, the the headline is headline says that bone cancer. But the uh, the, the first paragraph lead says, okay, the rumors spread that uh, male online suffering from the bone cancer. So that kind of writing. Uh, but you know, uh, uh, we and then uh, we we uh, 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 mainstream media's are, are reporting a lack of normal uh, uh, people's uh, suffering from the poverty. Kind of thing you 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 cannot you cannot uh, uh, read that kind of news on mainstream media's uh, because you know people are uh, suffering from the uh, a shortage of electricity shortage of uh, 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 drinking water every day every day but you cannot read that kind of news on mainstream media but they don't really re- uh, report that kind of news because they more yeah. focus on the uh, PDF and NUG things. If as you said if if you you should only report if you can fact check it or at least be very sure. So wouldn't there be like only very, very few news and very, very few information because of the environment the people are working in? Because lots of journalists have been jailed. Uh, You cannot do an interview with the SAC if you are a terrorist media. And the other way around, like the the global new light of Myanmar cannot do an interview with the NUG. So, so, but you would say it is better to have like less news, but fact check um no i i uh you know i don't mean that like we have to uh we should work more harder uh um than ever uh what i'm trying to what i'm trying to say is like uh we we are now easily 
easily we put the title as a 20 military soldiers were killed by the PDF. Sometimes 30 military uh, uh, soldiers were killed by the PDF. Um, and then, uh, like uh, uh, last t- t- three weeks ago, uh, many uh, mainstream media put the headlines like $136 million uh, um, were flowing um, uh, from the uh, uh, the U.S. state or uh, U.S. government uh, to help NUG like that, but they didn't really explain uh, what those 136 uh, million dollars uh, uh, for. Uh, they they put a headlines that all those 136 millions for uh, like all those 436 million for national unity government like that. So people. People hope that ah okay U.S. help us you know a uh, uh, hundred million more than a hundred million like that but how uh, the U.S. aid uh, 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 money uh, will be divided into the NGO and some other groups like a normal uh, uh, aid uh, normal uh, money but but they don't do it. Thank you very much. So uh, Werner, you put the headline back to 2010. Is the media landscape as polarized? as the political landscape in your perspective? And is this like a repetition of 2010? Um, yes, uh, it's polarized uh, very much. Um, um, maybe even more than 2010-11. Difficult for me uh, for me to compare, uh, as it is difficult for me to compare the situation to 11 years uh, years ago. But but there are to me as a as as a scholar and, and as an observer uh, there are a lot of a lot of similarities to uh, to to the situation before two thousand ten. That's that's what I uh, really really can say. And maybe if you if if I may one remark on uh, what Matt has just uh, um, said. Uh, I I don't think the point is to have less news because uh, you cannot fact check. Um, I think the point is today to put more um, care into writing the stories, not to forget about all the media ethical questions which were discussed over the last years. Uh, I understand uh, the situation. It's polarized. Journalists are political activists these days, and that does not necessarily go uh, hand in hand with with professional journalism and, and media ethics as taught by the textbook, but that's what's lacking. Yeah? It's, it's, uh, even even if, if we cannot fact-check uh, sort of uh, 80% of, of a story, we can still use writing techniques, uh, as Murat has pointed out, which, which sort of transport this uh, uncertain uncertainty to, to the reader, but this is not what's happening. That's how I see the situation. Uh, and again, uh, you find a lot of analysis on uh, on media, which are which are in exile. Murat has mentioned Irrawaddy. Uh, At least when it comes to the English uh, service, I, I find a lot of interesting uh, uh, analytical stories who explain sort of the context, uh, assuming that this is translated into Burmese. Um, we have to admit this is happening as well, but it's overruled sort of by, by the, uh, the this kind of yellow press uh, journalism and populist journalism which is happening. From your point of view, and I would direct this question may, maybe first to Matt and then again to Werner, like from your point of view, 
how much of influence do the media does reporting actually have on what is happening in Myanmar? Honestly, it's really hard to say because three three days ago, uh, one DJ group uh, agreed uh, to uh, to play the, the DJ uh, for the Water Festival in Nepido. So I I wrote about them to, uh, on my on my blog that okay this uh, this Singapore based DJ uh, is coming to play uh, on Water Festival in Nepido and then it, it's like a because you know the water festival are clearly sponsored by the military, and so the, and then that DJ group is uh, by the uh, Singapore based uh, uh, DJ group, uh, and then I posted, and then a lot of people attacked, uh, and then a lot of people gave and uh, 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 sent in mess- uh, emails to them, uh, and then uh, I think after fifty minutes uh, they cancelled the. Uh, 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 event uh, sponsored by the military. Uh, so what I uh, learned that is, uh, and then they, they 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 made a statement, the short statement on their Facebook page that you know, okay, uh, a lot of uh, news about uh, now Myanmar and Singaporean media at underreported. He said so the exit wars they used the underreported, and then that's why they didn't uh, uh, they 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 were aware of what's happening in Myanmar. Uh, that DJ group said. So, I mean, to, what, 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 you know, what's really happening is uh, uh, that that kind of uh, uh, things indicate what's happening in Myanmar to the outside of the country. So, a lot of things are happening in the country, but you know, it's really uh, small and uh, underreported. It seems underreported to the outside of the country. I think. My impression is that there are incidents where. Uh reporting has uh, has an impact as in the case Murat has uh, has has given us uh, in general very difficult to say very difficult to say um, it is my feeling is or judging from the news I get from inside the country is people are co- now concerned with daily life with with power cuts with rising prices with losing jobs and and um, sort of against that background, what impact reporting uh, from abroad um, has d- very difficult to say. I, I just don't know. Yeah. So thank you very much. Um, I think in this episode we have learned something about uh, the media landscape in Myanmar and journalism. So the media landscape is polarized. Um, there is a lack of media ethics, at least in some parts. Uh, and maybe there's also a lack of transparency, like to be honest about the sources and the possibilities uh, the media outlets have. And as Matt pointed out, there is also a kind of um, some things are underreported because everything is under this umbrella of NUG against SAC, uh, like as he mentioned, like poverty or electricity and power cuts. So yeah, thank you very much for this interesting insights. And uh, please, to our listeners, tune in again next time when uh, we talk about another topic in, in our show, Myanmar in a Potshell. So thank you very much for joining us.